This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. And the question becomes, will the Miami Dolphins run and get into the running car or will they hide behind the chainsaws on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Welcome into Finsider Radio and Josh preparing for a week like this where the Dolphins are one and four going to London to face an 0 and five team. I find myself strangely excited, despite the fact that, I mean, there, there's no preview shows really talking about this team, you know, and when we're talking about national media or anything like that. It's really just us in the bunker at this point to kind of deal with the disaster that is the Miami Dolphins at this moment. We're backs against the wall, Jake. It's just us against the world. And, you know, that's where we're at at this point. But I think we should get in the car, Jake. Forget those chainsaws. Let's jump in the car <laughs> and, and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars the way we all think we should this Sunday. Josh, the... They quickly becomes Operation Stop 250-250 because I don't know if you saw this, but Urban Meyer has made it his priority for the Jacksonville Jaguars to run for 250 yards and pass for 250 yards. Now, I will say that no team in the NFL has ever done that, but if someone was to threaten the Miami Dolphins with that game, I would still be a little concerned. I saw that and I immediately just gulped. I'm like, oh God, man, James Robinson's going to have 200 yards on the ground, you know, sprinkle some other guys in there. And then Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for 250. So I hate that he brought it up this week, especially again, when the Jags have their back against the wall, even more so than we probably do. Um, if any team would let them go 250 for 250, it feels like it would be our Dolphins, wouldn't it, Jake? And Josh, something that I think is a pretty interesting development here is we have Xavier Howard and Devontae Parker not seen at practice for the second straight day. And this is a hundred percent concerning, right? These are two cornerstones of the team uh, that win healthy. I mean, they're difference makers, but Josh, this is the second week that Devonte Parker hasn't been practicing and Xavier Howard, he was uh, dealing with the injury before the bucks game. I got to ask you, and I guess this more specifically goes towards Devonte Parker. Uh, 
he must be close. There might, there might be something we're not really being told because you look at the Tua situation, right? If someone's not going to play for three weeks, maybe a lot of times they're not going to play two straight weeks. Just throw them on IR. Don't force them back. And that's not something we've seen happen with Devontae Parker. So I wonder if despite not playing and he probably is injured, that that might be a sign we might see him out there in London on Sunday. I hope that's what it means, Jake. And, you know, I was kind of leaning that way, too, when the Dolphins signed a free agent wide receiver Travis Fulgham this week. We didn't even get to talk about him, but they signed to the practice squad. And when that first signing went down, my first thought was, does that mean Devontae Parker's out longer? Does that mean Will Fuller's being shut down for the season? So I don't know what that means, but the fact that he has been put on IR should, you know, have a little bit of promise. And it's just, you know, kind of sucks when we sat here and talked about how much of a focal point, you know, Devontae Parker had to be Mike is sick in his offense. And now we're sitting here wondering if we'll even have Devontae Parker back. The Xavier Howard thing, you're right, man. He was banged up last week, had a pretty dreadful day if we're being completely mm-hmm. honest. But um, again, when you, you need to win this game, despite what everyone thinks about the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they have some playmakers there. They have Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, different guys like that. So you want your primary shutdown corner out there. It'll be interesting to see if Xavier Howard's ready to go this Sunday. Josh, the true homer says that this this is the Noah Igbenogany game, right? This is the time that the Dolphins really need a cornerback to really step up. I mean, Justin Coleman hasn't really been as advertised. I mean, teams are just gashing this Dolphins defense through the air. So, I mean, if there's any time for the Dolphins to, you know, completely turn things around and I like the metaphor about the running car because it makes things seem like it's pretty simple to drive away from the guy, the Geico commercial where they're trying to run away from the, the serial killer and I love this metaphor simply because this is a game that I think the Dolphins legitimately should run away with. And it boils down to, are they going to go try to hide behind some chainsaws and try to keep this game close and, and play scared? And that kind of seems to be the biggest factor uh, for me personally, as we sit here on Thursday. Yeah. And that's been the entire, you know, story of this entire season, really offensively. I mean, this franchise for years. Yeah. For how many years? I mean, we remember Tony Sperano, rest in peace, but the fist bumps after the field goal. I mean, that's just kind of been, that's just been the way this team has kind of. They're settling. They're settling. And that's kind of been their issue. Yeah. You know, you're playing safe and, and maybe a shot once or twice, but I mean, you make one mistake and all of a sudden you go back into your shell. Yeah, and this seems to be the identity they're taking on, just playing scared, and we all go back to them, uh, you know, literally taking a delay of game instead of letting Jason Sanders take a 55-yard field goal. So, um, I mean, we've been saying it week after week. I mean, which game are they going to open up the bag and, you know, let it all out there and just open up this offense? I mean, I feel like it should be this week with Tua Tagovailoa, but even that, I'm still a little hesitant. Like, until he's out there, he still feels a little bit like Santa Claus until I see him out there on the field. (laughs) I like that quite a bit. Josh, you have a little bit of a cliffhanger here on the rundown. You, You wrote Michael Dieter was... And there's nothing after that. So so what did I miss here? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Omar Kelly, I just saw he tweeted a picture of Michael Dieter, I guess, did not have a boot on or it was some promising sign. So he was out there at camp and he just suggested maybe Dieter comes back this year. So, yeah, shame on me for not finishing that and leaving it on a cliffhanger. But while we didn't have Xavier Howard out there, Devontae Parker wasn't seen. Michael Dieter was. And that is a little promising for how well he looked early on this season. Josh, let's move on to the big news. And. With this big news came probably one of the funniest things on Twitter I've seen in such a long time, even though I think you were horribly disrespected throughout the entire thing. Uh, So the Dolphins designated Tua Tungavaloa to return from injured reserve. And on the day this happened, I I wish I saved who tweeted it, but someone put a Tua stand meter up from hot to cold and they put you right on the fence. They put, they put you, the guy who made so many different photoshops of Tua's head on goats, I mean, who had that video go viral for, I don't know, weeks, months after the team drafted Tua, and here, who put you on the fence? Why are you on the fence? 
don't know. I mean, I was okay with that because I, I think I leaned one way, you know, way too heavy into the Tua Tagovailoa stuff. We came on here, Jake, and talked about when the trade rumors started in January. At that point, you know, I don't know if it was just something in me that clicked. You know, you're a Dolphins fan. You're not a Tua fan. He could be gone at any second. Sorry, I am definitely a Tua fan, but it surprised me that I didn't see, uh, you know, me over there, a couple shades towards the red. Um, do got to give a shout out to at Valley Boy Sports because that's who um, released that picture. But it was pretty funny to see. But Jake, you mentioned them designating him to return. And a lot of people were confused by that because they thought that meant he was instantly out there. We saw the injury report come out yesterday. Tua wasn't on it. Everyone thought that was a promising sign. That isn't exactly mm -hmm. true. Yes, he's out there throwing. He looks good, but they have 21 days to officially activate him onto the 53-man roster like they did Raekwon Davis. So he's not officially ready to go for Sunday's matchup, but all signs seem to be pointing in that direction. As you know, different reporters have said, barring any setback injury-wise, we should see Tua out there. And Hopefully that ignites this offense into something that we only dreamed of back in the preseason. Josh, it, I remember I mentioned it must have been after the Bills game. Every time Brian Flores says something, it's a little bit positive, like you're headed towards the right direction. And especially early in the season, yep. it went it went south real quick, whether it was Raekwon Davis or Tua, whatever it may be. And over the last week, I mean, I guess more like the last four days, Brian Flores keeps using the, the phrase, as expected, we expect, and... I'm just getting a little paranoid about that because he keeps saying this and it's like saying you're going to do something and then adding a maybe on right to the end. And I'm just a little concerned that this is his way of keeping that curveball uh, coming. But again, it's Brian Flores. This is something that we uh, are certainly getting used to. And Josh, you have written down here. Do you think the Dolphins are trying to be coy in terms of uh, preparing for the Jacksonville Jaguars so they have to prepare for the tree trunks of a Jacoby Brissett or the the speed and accuracy of Tua. Uh, do you think this gives the Dolphins a competitive advantage or do you think it's just kind of Brian Flores being Brian Flores and not uh, not being a Sith dealing in absolutes? I love how you say tree trunks because I, I mean, I think you're talking about Brissett there with the molasses legs, but yeah. I can't stop looking at Tua when he's out there throwing passes. I mean, he looks like he has two baby groots just hooked onto his thighs. <laughs> like, yeah, there. So, so I love that you brought that up. But Jake, I mean, I just think, you know, he goes back to the, the Bill Belichick tree. You know, he learned under Mumble Mumble Man. I mean, I think he is kind of trying to do this so that they have to game plan for both. But to, to my point, I didn't know if that brought any sort of competitive advantage because if you're game planning for Tua Tagovailoa and what he can do, you know, with the RPOs and just honestly, they got to move him around throwing the football a bit more. You see what he can do from his skill set compared to what we saw in these last four weeks from Brissett. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars would be absolutely stoked if Jacoby Brissett was a quarterback on Sunday. And this is it, Josh. I mean, if the Dolphins lose on Sunday to what on whatever the Jaguars are dealing with, I, mean, I don't done. even know how then to describe done. that dumpster fire that is happening with that franchise. I mean, if you're going to come out here and, and let Trevor Lawrence set the tone uh, outside of the country as a rookie, I mean, this this franchise will be cooked if, if that happens. We're in massive trouble. There's going to be a long look in the mirror uh, because That'd be a little embarrassing. And to kind of build on that, Josh, I think this is a game the Dolphins can't eke out. It can't be like that week one against Washington a few years ago where it basically boiled down to Jarvis Landry. I think he had a punt return for a touchdown. And people on Twitter after that were saying, you know, I prefer the Dolphins lost a good game instead of winning that bad game. Uh, that was always silly. That stuck with me. But basically, Josh, this is a game the Dolphins need to kind of come out and keep the Jaguars under their thumb from start to finish. And this is where Brian Flores needs to prove, you know, my coaching, uh, my way. We are still building towards what we saw glimpses of just a year ago. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's so easy to get deterred from what the overall picture was. You know, as fans early on, we started out much worse, you know, one of four. I mean, this is not a good start after losing four games, but it is a Jacksonville Jaguars. It is a game for the Dolphins to get right. And like you said, for 
Tua for Brian Flores for the entire team to prove that they are those AFC, you know, East contenders that a lot of teams thought they were. Um, Jake, I do, we do have written down here. I told you privately that uh, I heard that the Dolphins might be announcing later this week quarterback situation. Joe Shad kind of let that slip out. So I'm allowed to push that now. So uh, there will be a media appearance by the quarterback, the starting quarterback on MiamiDolphins.com on Friday. But like you said, man, it just goes back to, I don't know if it's just not trusting people in general or if it's just not trusting Brian Flores, but even the rib injury. I mean, we mentioned it. it went from like a boo-boo to, uh, you know, bruised ribs to fractured ribs. I mean, what's going to come out? He had a rib transplant. I mean, I don't know, man, but I, I hope we see two out there this Sunday. Gosh, there's there's foreshadowing in every good movie, and I, I love that you found this little nugget. I mean, I don't think this is necessarily something the Dolphins would do or even let whispers kind of uh, leak out there if there wasn't going to be some sort of difference. We remember when the Dolphins used the throwbacks. I mean, you found every single breadcrumb you could, whether it was someone posting a picture of the field, uh, whether it was just them posting different things on the website and the media guide. So, so props to you on that stuff. I do feel really good that Tua is going to be back. The team needs him, and Josh, to kind of continue the nerdy Star Wars stuff we do. Um, Obi-Wan Jacoby, he gave us hope in the sense of we need Tua to be good. We we needed him to kind of go out there and, and fight Darth Vader for us to kind of appreciate what Tua really is. And hopefully he kind of lives up to those expectations because we're at a point now, man, where everything's on his shoulders. I really think that there's really no more room for error. I don't think he can really afford any more bumps in the road. Um, so, Josh, how has it kind of the, the progress been throughout the week? What have you kind of heard from Brian Flores at practice uh, that kind of gives us a little bit of an idea where Tua is and if he will be available this weekend? Yeah, Jake, I have a few quotes written down, and basically they came from yesterday's media availability. He was asked, with quarterback Tua Tonvaloa being designated for return, do you expect him at practice? Uh, Flores basically said he'll be at practice, yes, and yeah, we're excited to get him back. I know he's excited to get out there, but we'll take it one day at a time. And then he was asked about the pain management, and he said, yeah, if you ask Tua, he's 100% and he's fine, so he's not going to tell anybody any different. He's made a lot of progress, but we know he's dealing with something. So, uh, Jake, you know, those are just typical coach comments, if you ask me. I mean, I don't know that we really learned anything there. We already know Tua Tavaloa wanted to battle back into that game. I think were some of the reports, you know, against Buffalo. So uh, I expect Tua out there, like you said, but um, when you just look at how dreadful this offense has been, Jake, you know, without him in the lineup, yes, you know, they didn't look great week one, but they've been atrocious these last few weeks and they just haven't been able to do anything. I have written down that they're currently ranked 31st in the NFL, 15.8 points per game. They're 32nd in the NFL with 70.4 yards per game on the ground. And they are 30th in the NFL with 191.4 yards passing. The Dolphins are dreadful, Jake. The Dolphins are dreadful. Save us to a tongue of Aloha. You're our only hope. You literally are our only hope now. <laughs> the bonus, the bright spot is that it is so easy to improve on those numbers. I mean, the only place you're going is up. Maybe, maybe you'll just sit there at the bottom. But Josh, I think we're going to start to see uh, identity established. I mean, you think about the Patriots teams throughout the years. And again, I hate to use that comparison because the Dolphins are a one in four team. They're not great. But if we want to find that path, right, if we want to say how the Dolphins start that championship DVD from one in four, it starts with that press conference on Friday with Tua being there in London. And then additionally, it just kind of you see this offense establish what we started to see on Sunday. Miles Gaskin is heavily involved. Preston Williams is a guy this team can use. And more importantly, you can score 14 points and a half and make it look relatively simple. So I think what we saw in the first couple of weeks might've been the team trying different things. Out. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not saying this is why they lost, but maybe trying different things and using September as more as that dress rehearsal, which again, if I do 
walk down that path, though, it's a little strange, especially after you see the success these guys had in the preseason, second teamers and that stuff, I, I understand. But, I mean, Brissett didn't miss any passes. He was throwing downfield. Uh, so I'm spitballing a little bit. But I do think that with Tua back and the team facing, you know, not the Patriots, not the Bills, uh, this offense will start to move the ball like we did see last week. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I want to throw out this tweet because Omar Kelly dropped it. And the fact that he's tweeted out there, I mean, it's it's positivity today, I think, on Twitter. But he said the Dolphins have a 7-4 and four record with Tua Tonvaloa as the team's starting quarterback and are 4-6 and six in games when Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jacoby Brissett have started since 2020. So a little bit of a cherry-picking stat there, but I did have written down that Tua started 12 games for the Dolphins and is 7-4, and four, so I felt like that translated a little bit there. But, um, Jake, I mean, I guess the biggest thing here is how's the offense moving forward? I mean, you mentioned they did some good things on Sunday with Miles Gass and getting him more involved, but from the offensive line standpoint, do you feel like the offensive line has made some strides over these last few weeks where, you know, we don't have to sit here and be concerned about Tua Tonvaloa getting those blindside hits because, again, we like what we saw to Eichenberg. We like what they're doing in the interior, but I'm a little uneasy about Jesse Davis still being the right tackle and being in charge of Tua's blindside because, as we saw a few weeks back, that ended very, very poorly. Yeah, and you're not just plugging, unplugging one quarterback and plugging another one in. You got to flip the USB upside down, and a lot of the times it doesn't fit. You know, you're stuck flipping it a couple of times, and that's what the Miami Dolphins issues with the offensive line. Currently. You got to blow in it too, right? Blowing it like those. <laughs> <old men. laughs> just like, man, Nintendo 64. They they really taught you a lot of life lessons. I have to say, but Josh, I do wonder if that being Tua's blind side on that right side, if Jesse Davis will still be there, if the Dolphins move Robert Humpback over to right tackle where he had success last year. I mean, he's hasn't been that great last year. I think he had a 60 overall pro football focus grade just a week ago. And then you can get Solomon Kinley back in there. And that's a bonus for all of us. Uh, I agree. The left side of the offensive line, I think that's probably going to stick. Hell, it might even look a little better now that it's not going to be the quarterback's blind side. But man, you're right. That that right tackle, that right guard situation that the Dolphins are dealing with, with Tua coming back. I mean, that is the recipe for disaster. That is the weakness you pick on if you're an opposing defense. Yeah, not to go back too far with the Miles Gaskin stuff, but you got to establish a run game. I mean, total nine carries last week. I mean, the bread and butter, the way this offense is going to change, like you said, by blowing in the cartridge and turning upside down. I mean, we're going to see a lot more RPOs. We're going to see him utilizing to his strengths. And part of that's getting that run game involved. So I want to see them establish the run game. And Jake, I'm sitting here. I also had written down, you know, 
or maybe I didn't finish writing it down, but how's this receiving core compared to last year? I mean, last year, all we talked about was how Tua needed these new weapons and this and that, and we're looking at it right now. And I mean, Jalen Waddle is going to be in place of Devontae Parker, most likely. I mean, the receiving core is literally almost the exact same. It's, if anything, maybe have gotten a little worse, depending on how he tosses this thing up. And to just think that we used to make that as an excuse for Tua, and now we're just relying on him to come out there. And you know what? Screw it, man. You got to make this work. You got to figure out a way to turn this around because I hate to say that this is his last chance, but you have have this you know it's almost an interview process these next few weeks because we don't know what's going to happen in general manager we don't know what's going to happen with coach there's rumors that Steven Ross wanted to a time of low so maybe he'd be safe you know after they make some fires I don't know but you got to go out there and at least prove that you're that guy and you know whether we like it or not he let some questions yeah Josh every week you're playing for your job and and this is a situation despite Miami's injuries this is kind of what Dolphin fans wanted after Tua got hurt, right? It was uh, lock him up, you know, for three weeks, let him get healthy. Let's get through all these hard matchups and then let's bring him back where we have a team like Jacksonville. Then we have a game like the Falcons. And then we have, we're not going to talk about that week, but then after that, it's another winnable game. So what we need to do, Josh, is look at guys like Preston Williams, who Tua had a great relationship with. He had a strong performance back in the lineup uh, last week. Albert Wilson and Jalen Waddle. You mentioned Waddle, but I think these are two guys who I think that Tua is really going to lean on. That's really the difference makers in terms of the wide receiver core from a year ago. And Josh, you are you are pretty you're on the right track in terms of this receiving core not being too too much better, especially with Will Fuller and Devontae Parker being out. And the icing, uh, the cherry on top, in a sense, is just seeing Isaiah Ford have. I think it was one reception for three yards just a week ago, and I, I just kind of died inside. Ford gang gang, right? I mean, it's it's just crazy, though, when you look at it and we just they try to spend resources here or there and we're just right back in the same situation. I guess it just goes to how valuable Devontae Parker really is and how much, you know, if he was out there and he could go on Sunday. I mean, that could completely change this offense and maybe even the entire way I feel about this game going into it. But part of me feeling uneasy and, you know, hesitant to sit here and say the Dolphins are going to to lay the smackdown is just them being the Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars are due for a win. Yeah, and I think the to kind of wrap up the talk on the wide receivers, I think the Dolphins have done a really poor job of utilizing Devontae Parker. Um, everyone kind of will point at Parker for his injury problems, but I mean, this is a physical dude who, who plays hard. So while I expect everyone in the NFL to get injuries, I just feel like they aren't using him enough when he's active. So I'm interested to see how that kind of develops with Tonga Veloa when he's back, because I think it's one of those all or nothing situations. If Parker's on the field, you have to give him 10 targets because there's going to be games when he's not on the field and you're going to need other players to step up. So when he's there, you have to use him. And that's again, another thing we're going to kind of talk about as this offense develops and grows, Josh, we're going to be back tomorrow with our preview episode about the Jaguars, about the Dolphins, about the Chainsaws. Uh, but this this is it, Josh. This is the situation that fans wanted when, when Tua got hurt. Uh, he's healthy. Brian Flores said that, you know, Tua will tell you he's healthy. And that should be good enough for us to kind of go into Sunday feeling confident about what this offense can accomplish. Can Tua turn this around? Can he, can he do it, Jake? Uh, that's the question I want to know. You give me your answer. You think he can do it? For the sake of, of interesting pods for the rest of the year, I want to say yes. I'd love to kind of see this narrative start to change, start climbing up that hill. Obviously, you're wanted for climbing up this hill isn't going to be easy, but I mean, uh, we're going to find every single uh, stat or, or take that can go our way as possible until we're proven otherwise. 
Yeah, we're going to be homers. And I just, again, he really hasn't had a fair shake at it. And I'm just excited to see if he can go out there and be that quarterback that this fan base, you know, was chanting tank for two and wearing the T-shirts and and getting excited about. So now's his time to go out there and prove it. And Jake, you know, if he they can't do it, I'm I'm fully 100% committed to this thing just being a complete cluster and going downhill and us just, you know, sitting here talking doom and gloom for the next few weeks as well, if, if that's what it takes. We'll get some alcohol sponsors and it'll be a lot of Perfect. fun. We'll, we'll, we'll make it fun. Cigarettes. I'll one. start smoking cigarettes too. We'll, we'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's re- resolutions. We'll, we'll start just gaining a lot of weight, smoking cigarettes, and just sitting here complaining about the Dolphins all the time because nothing else ever changes. We blame Josh. you. We blame you, uh, Brian <laughs> Flores, Chris Greer, and Stephen Ross. <laughs> You're 100% right. Yeah, we'll send them the bills for uh, for the cigarettes and the alcohol. Uh Guys, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, I know the the content, the Dolphins, hasn't been the greatest. But if you're enjoying the show, we'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday. Smash that subscribe button, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast to know the minute it drops. You can follow both of us on Twitter at H-U-T-Z for Houts. I am at jmendel94. Joshua, this is it. This is the big week because after this, I mean, one in five, that that's a even scarier sight. So let's get ready. We'll be back with our uh, Jaguars preview tomorrow. And, and most importantly, fins up. Let Tua cook. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins.